Hello and welcome to the Undead Wookiee podcast, episode 37, It Follows. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello and welcome back. I am your host, Hugh Lloyd, and like I said, this is episode 37, It Follows. Now, before I introduce my fantastic co-host, let's check out the trailer. I used to daydream about being old enough to go on dates. I had this image of myself holding hands with a really cute guy, driving along some pretty road. It's never about going anywhere, really. It's having some sort of freedom, I guess. <laughs> okay. You awake? What are you doing? You're not going to believe me, and I need you to remember what I'm saying. This thing, it's going to follow you. Somebody gave it to me, and I passed it to you. Wherever you are, it's somewhere walking straight for you. All you can do is pass it along to someone else. I'm scared. I need to find him. What did he really do to you? He used a fake name to rent a house in the city. This isn't real, I swear to you, this is just some game. If it kills her, it gets me. It goes straight down the line, whoever started it. What exactly is supposed to be following you? I don't know. Something happened. That's not what she thinks, okay? You don't believe me. me. Everything's okay. It could look like someone you know, or it could be a stranger in a crowd. Whatever helps it get close to you. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, and I am joined by the one, the only, give it up for Mr. Leighton Winston. Mr. Leighton Winston, how the devil are you, sir? Good evening to you. <laughs> and this film is not called Shit Follows, it's called It Follows. <laughs> I'm just going to say, tonight we are covering It Follows. Follows. Just, just, just to get a little bit of anticipation there, so somebody goes, oh, they're doing it. No, they're doing It Follows. <laughs> now, we're doing it now we are in uncharted territory here folks because in our i don't know how our madness we thought let's do something that neither of us have seen before we were we haven't discussed anything about this bad boy <coughs> at all and so this will be our first conversation about it there we are about it how many times will we say that tonight Oh, it's going to be like the thing again. <laughs> the thing about the, the thing. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so we are talking, like we said, about It Follows from 2014. Uh, it was directed by David Robert Mitchell. It was written by David Robert Mitchell. And uh, it stars... Now, 
here we go. This is where I start butchering names now. Micah. Micah. I'm Micah gonna go with Monroe. Micah. If Micah Monroe, uh yeah. Gilchrist or Gilchrist. Gilchrist. Uh Olivier Lucardi, uh Lily Seppe, uh Bailey Spree, Charlotte Phillips, Lawn Base, uh Charles Gardner, Debbie Williams, Jake Weary, Daniel Zavato, Ruby Harris, Leslie Podilio. Um now I gotta say. I did not know what to expect coming into this one. Um, I caught up with a friend shortly after the film came out and we were just shooting the shit and just gassing and catching up. And just as he was leaving, he actually turned to me and said, have you seen It Follows? And I said, oh, I've seen it advertised, you know, and all the rest. And um, he said, oh, you should watch it. He said, it's really, really good, really, really good. And I was just about to do my ramble about, ah, I don't really like horror films, you know, modern horror films. Not that some of them aren't good, but, you know, <laughs> it, it just, it's There's not... There's a certain trend. Not, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's not my bag, but, you know, he said, no, no, no. He said, trust me, trust me, you've got to watch it. You've got to watch it. And um, I didn't. <laughs> until, <laughs> until ourselves obviously banged their heads together and thought we've got to do something different from what we've been doing not not something different it's just that the other things that we have planned we're doing a little bit well we're not doing a little bit more work on them it's just that and me, me personally i want to do something more involved than oh, boring the shit with people um, <laughs> <laughs> no basically we came up with the idea to do a film that we hadn't seen before. Just yes. leave it as that ends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the ramble. I mean, this one. Um, I mean, what? I mean, it's it has it, it feels like an indie film when you look at it. Yeah. It feels like an indie film. Um, yeah. It had a budget of two million. Yeah. Made twenty three million at the box office. Kaching. There's a fair amount of coin there. That is a tremendous return. A tremendous return. And when I was sort of watching it, the first thing um, I wrote about uh, about the opening was her leg. Her leg. Yes, her leg. Where? Oh, you're for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Her leg. That's the wrong way round and backwards. Yeah. Yeah. And snapped. Yes. Yeah. As someone who. As someone who's played sports over the years, the one thing I can't stomach is bony, what I would call a bony injury when you... <laughs> it's not where it's supposed to be. No, and, and it's facing the other way. Yeah, and I've never been able for... I've never been one for that. And, you know, to, to see that sort of... That's that quite vivid image, you know, um, on the beach, isn't it? Yeah, and, um, yeah. There was a case of, whoa, okay... Is this the tone to set the film? Um, in some respects, it was almost. Yeah, but yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't um, what I would call a body horror. Well, not 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 a body horror film, but it's not. Um, look, you're, you're a more you're a bigger um, horror film buff than me. For me, I think when you say, I'm glad you brought up body body horror because it follows for me felt a little bit like watching a a toned down David Cronenberg film. 
well, <laughs> funny you should say that because um, when I was watching it and I was making my notes, uh, it's this, this is my 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 notes. I I never read my notes out in order, never, <laughs> ever. but to read my notes is almost like um, train of thought. Yeah. And um, you know what it's wrote down, and I actually did put body horror with a question mark, and I actually I actually put in then oh creepy visions. And uh, so what does it actually do? And not Pennywise the Clown, but, you know, <laughs> um, is it is it um, is it a mind fuck? Um, but then, you know, it's, ah, well, no, it actually is a physical embodiment that actually can hurt and in some cases kill people, you know. Yeah. So, and whilst there is sort of um, background given to what this thing is, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really, you know, make the, that universe massive, does it? Because no, th- 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 this film is extremely small scale. Extremely small scale. You know, um, it's it very. Is, it, it's very self-contained. It's a self. It is very, very self-contained. Yes, it is. But I will say, there's some brilliant cinematography in this. Oh, it's stunning Absolutely. to look at. It is beautiful to look at. There, there was one or two sequences. Um, in fact, one of them is. When she wakes up tied in the wheelchair under that, yes. like the underpass, so like in, and yeah, the, 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 the structure is you, you see like the pillars and it's lit, yes, it's not lit, it's not lit any differently to like the car headlights, you know, no, lighting no. up, lighting up an open space, but it's just so brilliantly lit and you know, strapping to the camera to the wheelchair and wheeling it around, oldest trick in the book. But the thing is, when it's contained and when it's you know, it's it is light, but it's dark, and yeah. going into the corners, and but it just looked it looked fantastic. It yeah, does and it, really, really good. And the other thing as well, which I did pretty much straight away afterwards, downloaded the soundtrack, and because mm. uh, the, the the score and the soundtrack is by Disasterpiece, mm. um, which is all sort of um, synth wavy, electronic y stuff, um, and they did they got a brilliant album called Fez. Um, and I think I think it was Fez is a soundtrack to a to a to a computer game as well. But I loved the score and the sound to this. Well, I, I, and I mean, I'm a sucker for synthwave anyway. Give me a bit of Jim, you know, John Carpenter playing his uh, Yamaha or well, Casio. Well, I, I wrote down that it was um, the music was good. Good in fairness, it, it was the odd predictable horror cliche yeah. stab, and you know, and all the rest, but. Um, the opening piece of music, just after the bod, the beach sequence, I think, I recognised it, and I, I and for the life of me, I couldn't think where I knew it from. But uh, you having just said now that it was possibly you did like video game or something, yeah, well, I bet that it's probably on a video game of my yeah. plate. Yeah, I mean, and it, it it could very well be. But I just, I, I, I normally I'm I'm a sod if it's if there's something a piece of music I think I know, I I tend to shazam it straight away yeah. because I'm like, and. I always find a good barometer is if I just hammed the song three times, I've got to buy that song. You know, I've, and there's um, there's a there's a band from Cardiff out at the moment, Boyazuga or some Boyazuga, and they've got a single up the moment. It's fantastic, and unknowingly, I'm looking at my Shazam going, "All right, what have I listened to recently?" And it's like, bloody hell, I've I've, I've done that three times. It's like, yeah. It's about, Time to get it now, like yeah, yeah. But no, it's, it, 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 a piece in the beginning, and I will have to go back and find out where I know that music from. It's a great, it's a great, great soundtrack. And what I love about it is, 
it's it you know you get those you know those great synthy moments those sort of little like those little sort of almost droney sounds in the back and then occasion you know and then as things are ramping up they you know it suddenly turns from that nice plinky plonky to like that a really aggressive sound yeah it's yeah. absolutely it, it's really clever it's so clever yeah and yeah. I, I was it's funny you make mention about john carpenter um you know about the remake coming out well it's not a remake it's a sequel isn't it it's coming out later this year the it, halloween one yeah have you seen the new mask Yes, I have. Uh, yeah, look, it's better than Rob Zombie's one. <laughs> it's better than Rob Zombie's one. Yeah. Have you seen who's doing the music for the new one? Yes. JC. He is indeed. Not Jarvis Cocker. <laughs> or Jesus. No, um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? It would. It would. You know, and um, perhaps he, Mr. Carpenter has realised that his directorial and powers of Wayne then but his musical ability hasn't so. I mean have you heard the Lost album the Lost Themes album no you've asked me this and no I haven't you need to I... it's awesome it is awesome and you need to listen to it on vinyl well if you want to buy it for me who carry on <laughs> <laughs> yes you must buy it yeah yeah no, it, it, it just sounds amazing it's great you know don't get me wrong the download is, is, is equally good but there is something about the sound of that on vinyl, and I'd love to hear the soundtrack to this. Actually, you know, to, to it follows on vinyl as well, because it'll just give you that that real that little crackly. Yeah, yeah. You know. I, 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 when I bought a record, um, a record player, I was digging up my own vinyl, and I had the instant nostalgia of you know that needle on the vinyl and the crackling, you know, the crackling, crackling becomes part of the song, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, you, you, listen, you take, listen to any album and, you know, it, it that, that crackling in, in bodies, it becomes part and it's like, even if you've got a little bit of dust and you've got a little kick in the, in the yeah. vinyl, you know, it all sorts becomes one and I've got a, I've got a fabulous, um, Simon and Garfunkel album that's ever so slightly warped, and I can nice. only ever listen. I can only ever listen to the boxer <laughs> <laughs> in a certain way. Even though that song comes on, and I like instantly think about the brass section and just how fucking glorious it is. And then, but on my vinyl version, it's like i'm just a pooper it's amazing i mean i have a i have a slight difficulty with simon and garfunkel um i still haven't forgiven art for bright eyes you're obsessed with watership down it fucking traumatized me it deeply look i sat there through countless countless hours of people being hacked to bits but yet though that fucking rabbit <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> cried eyes oh, oh god oh, oh dear, dear, dear. <laughs> anyway back to anyway, my yes <laughs> what I do like about it is this, this sort of this dreamlike quality to the whole thing it, it, it sort of like marries sort of you know there's lots of sort of there's lots of nods in this film to you know to lots of lots of cinema. I mean, like we mentioned, John Carpenter. It's got that feel. It's got a, got a touch of the Halloween feel about it. It's yeah. got you know even like some of the shots. You know, um, a sort of you know like we mentioned Cronenberg that coldness to it. It's got yeah. you know, there are you know there's even a direct reference to the Graduate in it, 
at the end where they walk off and you got the back. Yeah. The same shot is framed um, yeah. as like the bus in The Graduate. Yeah, I, 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 it's. I'm trying to find what I, what I, what I wrote. Um, I actually wrote down what time. When is this set? Um, you know, because is is this set in the near future? Because in one one sequence, so way at the beginning, when you're introduced to a couple of the fringe characters, yeah, the one the one girl appears to be on what do you think? It's like a vanity mirror. Yeah, but it's not. It's um, she's reading. Like a book, isn't it? But it's like on a shell. Yeah, and that's and it's a it's a phone that was from the sort of like is it the late early like early two thousands? It's like well, one of the precursors, the smartphone. Well, yeah, but that's that's the thing though. Um, I'd never seen that phone, so if it does exist, I yeah. wasn't aware of it. So I've 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 sort of queried: Is it set now? Is it set? 10, 15 years ago? Is it set 10, 15 years in the future? Yeah. And have they sort of purposely had like a, a nondescript um, time period so you don't associate with the iPhone or the iPad yeah. or, yeah. you know, or, I mean, or the Microsoft Zoom even, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, you know. the whole thing about time, I mean, in some ways, when you look... You know, and again, you know, there's a correlation here when we looked at another film that we talked about, you know, Donnie Darko, we talked about time. Yeah. The timeline in this film is all over the place. The sense of time just isn't there. No. Um, and I do think sometimes American, and I, I don't mean this in a bad sense, I do think that sometimes American films can sort of give off all the time in the world type vibe. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, especially yeah. especially within certain teen films, horror films. It's like the endless summer almost, isn't it? You know, those days they just go on for you know hours and hours and hours and hours. And you know, and, and I think this film is probably um, probably shot quite a bit um, during what do they call it, the witching hour when the sun goes down and they yeah come up yeah yeah. And, of, of um, dusk Michael and Bay's favourite time. Pooey. <laughs> 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 he did. He did produce a quiet place, though, <laughs> which I hear nothing but fabulous things about. Yeah, I mean, it, it is an. Int- I mean, but, but again, uh, if, you know, that, that's a smaller horror. It's in. You know, that's that's just a big business, and you know, and I think yeah. horror works at its best when it is. It's small. Well. Uh, get out is the same, isn't it? You yeah, know? yeah. You know, so, but yeah. And Howard the Duck, another classic horror. <laughs> okay. How, yeah. Where does Howard the Duck come into the, the fuck? Where, I, where's? I've had a, It's been a very, very long day, and uh, I only realised halfway through the day today I've been drinking decaf. So I'll be crying in about twenty minutes. It's like the news. Not a podcast unless I break down at some point. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. and again, this sort of this idea of like time, it kind of you know, I got I I got a sense when I was watching it as well that it sort of almost had a bit of a feel of like waiting for Godot. That these characters are just they just they're just in limbo. They, yeah, and I mean, whenever you see any adults in this film. They're there almost for framing purposes. Well, you don't see the mother's face directly to the camera no, at all, do you? No, not really, no. You see, you see the friend, 
but you, the mother is always out of shot. Yeah. Or, you know, you only see perhaps a forehead. Um, yeah. And there's nothing sort of directly onto her. So yeah. um, it, 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 they are sort of... It's all. It's almost like um, the Charlie Brown conundrum, isn't it? Yeah. What? 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 Yeah. Or like Tom and Jerry, like the the people who live in the house in Tom and Jerry, isn't it? You know. Yeah. <laughs> you'll always see their feet. You'll always see their body. But you'll never see the you know the upper torso, is it? You know, like. <laughs> but um, yeah, and well, ET was made like that, wasn't it? ET was made from a kid's perspective. Yeah. But um, yeah, and. And funny, you should you you made mention about um, you know uh, uh, the, uh, the lang- language is language the right sort of word to use? Perhaps? Yeah, I, I suppose. And I mean, pacing this is very very interesting. I mean, it, it is really interesting because obviously the the creature never runs. No, and it is no always there. It is always just moving forward and i mean one of the things that is absolutely terrifying about this is the fact you know it's it's a girl with no clothes on it's a girl you know usually people who are dressed in their pajamas in white pajamas or like you know their sleeping clothes are just marching forward and it can look like anyone it can look like your friend it can look like your neighbor it can look like your mother but that pace it is just relentlessly moving forward yeah. and even when the characters are running away from it it's still there it's still there and then the pace yeah. of, I mean the film is about 100 minutes long yeah. and it's sort of it doesn't rush no um, and you made a valid point when you, you mentioned you, you compared it somewhat to Halloween because Halloween's of a, of, of a, of a similar Initially, it's almost of a similar, um, a similar sort of um, everything is sort of suburbia, isn't it? Yeah, you know, where things in the background is that is that the boogeyman, you know, or is that that person come in and you know the pacing is that? Yeah, don't get me wrong. Toward the end of Halloween, it's a bit more frantic, isn't it? But um, this never seems sort of frantic until one sequence with, with one fabulous sequence which was brilliantly executed and that's the um, sequence on the beach oh it's, it's all, brilliant it's absolutely when they're all superb. sat around yeah and and i think it's a case of everybody sort everybody sorts of takes their foot off the pedal almost and they yeah and you know it's just this it's a nice environment it's it's calm everybody's relaxed and the girl is sat in there she's just sat in that deck chair and did yeah. you see you just see somebody walking out and because she can't see it nobody else knows that they that no, it's there no. and the shit just goes well it doesn't go haywire but it just gets so, real very quickly yeah yeah and it's so brilliantly staged and it's it's it's, it's original almost yeah yeah in, yeah because because she's you know she's sat in the chair she's relaxed and you can see this thing getting closer and closer at that pace mm-hmm. and you know it's not a case of you know running across the beach no no it's just ambly walking shuffling almost you yeah. know to on and when the, when the camera cuts back and there's like a group of them sat almost in a semicircle yeah. isn't it? 
and the, her hair goes up, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, yeah. And then it literally goes, what the fucking hell is going on here? Yeah. And she's pulled around and everybody starts freaking out. And That boy this... goes flying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> His feet do not, does not touch fit, the play floor. To no, and then, of course, you know, it starts... Then, then they sort of... How can I say? Then when they get to that beach hut and everybody starts going a little bit frantic and she's like, I yeah. didn't see you come in. Oh. And then she grabs the gun yeah. and I thought, oh my God. And it's like, the right. I know it's a, it's a supernatural horror film for want of a better word, but fuck me, shit's going to go real when somebody starts getting a gun. And starts just pot shotting. It's not shooting I, at anyone. But I love thing. the fact that none of them can shoot. Well, it's the classic, I went to Stormtrooper College, isn't it? Yeah. Let's be honest. And the fact, though, that, you know, she can't hit anything when she's practicing. She then, you know, her, you know, you go, oh, what, what's the character's name? Um, oh, what's his name? Ah! The one who sleeps with it. What's his name? Um, Greg. Greg. Yeah. Greg is running towards, you know, you think, coming to save the day. Yeah. And then she starts shooting and he hides behind the deck chair. <laughs> yeah. I honestly thought at that point he was gonna be he was a goner. Oh, I yeah. honestly did think that. And then really, later really on did. then, when they're in the pool, you got you know, her pointing and then Paul just randomly shoot it and then he yeah. hits the other girl he shoots the girl in the leg and yeah. you know it's very real. There's a real feel to it. Yeah, yeah. And that I think that does come down to the staging of it again, isn't it? You know, the setup yeah. and everything, you know, because it's, it, as we said, you know, I think that that beach sequence might have been the biggest se- sequence of all. Yeah. When you actually do look back at it, save for perhaps um, the the rather nifty 360 shot when they go to the other school. Yes. To find um, Jeff, is it? Yeah. No, who? Is it? Is the I it was, oh, Hugh, sorry, I do apologize. Yes, Hugh, his yeah. name is Hugh. And um, he, um, well, it's an, it's an alias, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hugh, Hugh is yeah. an alias, and Jeff is his yeah. real name. And, um, See that it, scene, mind you, when, you know, you know, he's done the deed, and then he sort of, she's sort of just sort of talking dreamily, and he sort of disappeared out of the car, and then yeah. he comes from behind her and just puts that, he must be like ether or something over her, and just yeah. smothers her. That is just and this again. This is a very still film. Yeah. Except for the, like I said, the beach scene and a couple other moments. It's very very still, and that yeah. scene is very still and very uncomfortable. Yeah, and it it almost sets up. Well, it does set up everything thereafter, doesn't it? Um, because initially, when they go to the, uh, oh man, I'm so. <laughs> <laughs> you're either drunk or now you're almost unconscious. I'm not drunk. <laughs> drunk. <laughs> um, no, um, it's like uh, it, it 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 starts off, isn't it? When they they play that little game in the cinema, yeah, and. Um, when he says, "Oh, you know, I'd be hurt," and she's looking, I don't know who you're talking about. And he, instantly, he knows things are wrong, 
and it, it that pacing starts properly from there. Yeah. And um yeah, and it, it and it does and it's it's unnerving and then you know, the dirty deed is done and you know, and then she's and the, and the events start spiraling, tumbling and you know, well, going forth. Yeah, well I'm glad you mentioned the theatre. Yeah. There is a bit of trivia for you. That theatre is the Redford Theatre, yeah, and it's a, it's 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 known for having this um, uh, this this Japanese style to the interior and everything. However, um, it's the theatre where in 1981 the Evil Dead premiered. Was <laughs> it? Yeah, <laughs> there's a link to Donnie Darko again there. Yeah, yeah, again. <laughs> So it is, you know, again, so you can draw lots of these parallels. Now, I know we sort of, we mentioned the sort of the, the sort of Cronenberg feel about it. Mm-hmm. But what, you know, in when you watched it, what do you think this film is about? Well, I did initially think that it could be a sort of analogy to the dangers of teenage promiscuous sex, um, sexually transmitted disease. Yeah. You know, um, because you know that trail will will keep on going and going as long as there's unprotected sex amongst people, and you know, I, you could look at it that way. Um, yeah, you could look at it as a as a as, as almost like a mini hysteria amongst certain people. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I I did make a note of what it what it, what I thought it could be as well. Um, uh, yeah, the, the analogy to promiscuous teenage sex, and you know, um, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on it? I sort of my, my first when I was sort of when I sort of watched it, and sort of they have sex in the car, um, and then you realise that he's passed something on to her. You automatically go, "Oh, you're talking about you know sexually transmitted disease." But then mm. one of the things that sort of did it for me it changed my opinion slightly is how this even at the end of this film nothing is really tied up in a neat little bow nothing is tied up in a neat little bow no and it's, it's, it's very ambiguous isn't it and i think and sort of for me i think it's about it's about death it's about the inevitability of death and it's about the sort of you know that idea that death and darkness and sort of um, evil in everyday life mm. and the monotony of everyday life and that that sort of the the death itself is is a very very slow thing that nobody mm. can outrun that nothing that nobody can sort of sort of get away from and I think it's usually when you sort of you're in your teenage years and particularly lots of these characters they're just about to turn from teenagers to adults and it's mm. usually about that time you kind of realize that you're not invincible yeah and not only that um you know also and again american films are guilty of this um it's in, when you're, you're a teenager growing up you sort of you fit into groups don't you you fit into packs yeah. and yeah you know the main character at least we forget you know she's 
she's an attractive female. She knows she's an attractive female. She can have her pick then for one of a better yeah. phrase. And, you know, um, it's alluded to and mentioned quite a bit by her siblings, by her friend, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it is the, the, the American um, teen movie cliches that are sort of, they're not, they're not, they're not using the booze in this far from it, but it, like actually they've got like a, a different perspective on it, isn't it? You know? Yeah, there's a slight twist, isn't there? There's a bit of a yeah, a bit of a yeah. tra- you know, change in it. And the other thing yeah. that I, you know, that I kind of sort of that sort of the idea of the sort of realization about death and the sort of the moving from you know teenage, you know, the teenage years into the adult is when you look at the colors on, that she wears, she's always wearing pink. Yeah. Or there's always yeah. pink around her. And mm. then whenever you see the colour red in this film, it's always a precursor for just before the creature appears. Yeah, I I, I did notice that um, when I said about going to the other school and you'd see across, I don't know, it's not, it's not it's, I don't know whether you have noticed it, but when they're actually in the other school and there's a big yard area and there's like a path and there's grass, grass verges and you just see somebody walking from one side and they sort of get closer to the characters that person's getting closer and closer but they're obviously walking towards a glass wall yeah and you know it, it was like a lot like red quite a bit of red around but there um one of the sequences in the house um i think it was just before that giant tall bloke appeared out of yeah. the corridor <laughs> and there, there was a like there was a red light part and there was a phone on the wall and i was half expecting right either that phone's gonna ring or a door's gonna open or something's gonna happen yeah. and basically um it was a, it was a knock on the door and the mother i think it was the mother or the friend no it's the friend and she opens the door and she's like what happened or oh, this happened that happened and literally the friend is stood there and again greatly great shot the corridor is blue almost, but the room is red or what have you. Yeah. And literally out of the shadows, this 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 bloke yeah. fills the hallway. Literally, his head is touching the ceiling. He's crouched over. And I thought, oh, my God, where the hell did he find you, my friend? <laughs> but I, that, that, that's something as well um, I like about it. Each form is different. Yeah. It was. It wasn't yeah. like um, it was Michael Myers. And this was Michael Myers, for example, or Jason Voorhees. You know, it was a different body shape, different person. Yeah. Um, and I mean, at the, it, beach, at the beach, it was like a young. It was like a younger person. Yeah, 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 yeah. And again, it's it, it's sort of you know, it, there's a you know, there's a bit in common there with Stephen King's It, in that you've got mm. a group of young people, um, yeah. taking on yeah. this this shape shifting type type creature. Yeah. Um, it, in the in the book, he takes the he takes the form of like the universal monsters at the time. Yes, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's um, it's quite a you know, and in terms of creatures, you know, I mean, one of the strengths about Michael Myers is, and, and you know, and I think it's part of the reason why people get hung up on the mask is that you because it's blank, you can project whatever you want onto that face. Yeah. And yeah. when you look uh, at the creature, even though it's not wearing a mask at all, there is no expression at all. No, and any expression there is as, is as a result of injury. Um, there was the one with no eye. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think Tall Man had no eyes. 
at all if i rem- if i remember correctly if i'm wrong then yeah. fuck it i'm wrong um but it, I, that, that was really quite good um it was like the partially dressed um male and female you know um and then and i think what 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 they did especially and especially with using nudity in the film i thought this was quite quite good in one respect that for example having a schoolyard with nobody in it but having a a figure partially clothed does sort of jar you almost because your automatic instinct is conservative isn't it you know you're going oh my god we'll get some clothes on isn't it you know yeah and and even even, um in a public area like a beach or something there was um somebody naked or partially naked or whatever it's like oh my god you know and that that again is like a a good surprise then you know a good surprising element then yeah you know just to sort of change your perceptions you know of what you think is going to happen and you know good on it play good on it it you know it 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 always manages and i said it about five times then this film manages to sort of you kind of feel like you because you get into the rhythm of the film very 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 quickly Mm -hmm. but it doesn't become stale and even though it's very very still it's shot in a very wide wide sort of you you get a wide view of everything yeah um yeah and it feels quite intimate but it never drags no no and going back again to the 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 cinematography I've, i've actually one of my notes was i wondered whether it was actually the dop go into where they were shooting and go in, right, if we shoot it this way, it'll look like this. Or whether it was actually written that way, because some um, writer-directors actually write in their, their scripts yeah. how they want it to look, don't they? Um, yeah. Chris, Christopher Nolan is the obvious, well, Stanley Kubrick as well, perhaps. Um, obvious, obvious examples of that, you know, particular, if you've got a particular scene that you want shot this way, then perhaps you'll go to your DOP going, right, this is what the scene is, light dim and all the rest, but this is how I want it to look. And it always, I must have brought this up previously, but I'm always kind of fascinated as it's how it's written to actually how it's shot. Because we've, we've, we've read scripts and, you know, when you read a script, yeah. you get you get that mental image, you know, of um, how you think it's going to look. But then, you know what you think it's going to look like. What you want it to look like is going to be different to every single person stood around you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like you know when um, when you read a book, and then you see the book is translated to screen, and then you look at the character and you go, "That's not how he looks." Yeah, and I think this is where a lot of films can live or die by the source material and the the, the adaptions because. Um, without going into too great a detail, we can all name certain films, certain comic books, you know. Yeah, I mean, a, g- a good example of this, is my wife is a massive, massive Agatha Christie fan. Mm-hmm. She owns every Agatha Christie book there is. She is a complete, she's a completist. She has everything. She's yeah. even um, she's even got the sort of, um, she's tracked on like out-of-print literary criticisms on the Christie... And it's really fascinating because, as good as the um, the Kenneth Branagh murder, murder on the Orient Express was, that wasn't Poirot for her. That wasn't what Poirot looked like in her head. 
Hmm. And even David Suchet, who I think is a incredible uh, Poirot. He, he, you know, whenever I think of Poirot, I always imagine David Suchet. Mm. He still wasn't that. That wasn't in his head. That's not in her head. Yeah. And, but you know, I, it, it's fascinating when you see that. Yeah. Um, there's, there's any number of examples you can give, isn't it? And no way more so than, say, comic book adaptions, because, look, everybody knows the X-Men franchise. <laughs> if you look at the original X-Men franchise and... You know, if you'd had Wolverine in his cartoon get up on screen, people just wouldn't have bought into it. Have you seen the test footage of the uh, where they tried the yellow stuff? I think I have. I've got, <laughs> I've got, Good call, guys. Good call. Yeah, I've got... Um, I, well, I say I got. My son's inherited it. I've got X-Men 1 and 2, but the X-Men 1 I've got is the 1.5 version where it's got loads and loads, and I mean yeah. loads of extras on the DVD and stuff. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure. It might even be an extended version of it. But, um, yeah, I think I have actually um, I have actually seen it. Yeah, and, you know, well played to those people who thought, no, 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 we're going to ditch <laughs> the span. Ditch the spandex, get the black leather in. It worked, it worked for Tim Burton. It's going to work for us. So. Now, the what I do love about this film, and it, it, it's something that sort of it it kind of it kind of put it all together for me is that everywhere you look in the background, there is somebody moving towards the characters. Yeah, and you don't at times you don't even notice. You do, you know you don't re. It's only when you go oh there's somebody and it adds yeah. this this layer of unease to it all yeah well that's what i just alluded to wasn't it you yeah. know and, and it, it 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 made you it's not i don't think it's something perhaps necessarily that um you would notice the first time you watch it yeah so I, th- I think it's only because once once i sort of realized what the concept and uh, of what was going to happen or would happen um, it's only then I started looking further than the two people on the screen in front of me. Yeah. Especially if you have people milling around, then you can sort of notice which one it's going to be. And I imagine, should I watch it again, um, i probably notice even more so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, completely. You know, completely. Like, like, like I said, with the, the, the high school sequence, the yards, you can see it. Um, and there was another part that I noticed it as well. Um I can't, rec- I, I can't recall if I, if I made a note about it. But there was another part when I thought, because it's not the case of when you see somebody in the background, there's not a big sign pointing going, <laughs> this is yeah. the, the bad guy. It's not done that way. There isn't a, a musical piece play and there isn't, you know, there isn't, it's not that type of film. It's, no. it's, it's left, it, it's left in the background, no fuss, no drama. But the thing is, you have to make your, you know, your mindset to it. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, it, there is, there is something about that. And I think all credit um, to the director, because he could have made choices to go down a very, very sim, you know, the, the, the simplistic route with this and sort of gone, you know, gone down the sort of um, the bye-bye man route, which has a kind of similar kind of feel to it in, in certain elements. I mean, they're very, very different films, but 
whereas the Bye Bye Man is very by the numbers and very, very traditional in terms of the villain. You know, when things go wrong, you get the big, you know, noise going on. Whereas here... Sorry, the big noise going on. I don't know if you could hear that in the background, but there seems to be big noise going on upstairs <laughs> in my house with my children. Um, absolutely bounding about like the animals that they are. <laughs> I wish I do wish I lived in a quiet place, honestly. <laughs> uh, the thing is, it adds all the flavour to it. It adds the flavour to it. What, the podcast or the film? <laughs> well, both, both. But I mean, it, it is th- that sort of, it's a very, very bold choice for a director to make. Is And particularly for a horror, is that they decided to go the hard route with it. And yes, there are a couple, you know, there are a couple of moments where we get a couple traditional little jump scares in there. Yeah. Yeah, there is a few. Yeah, there is a few. But... There is a few. He sticks to his guns, and uh, I I really really enjoyed this. Yeah, I got to be honest. I I, I was pleasantly pleasantly surprised. I really was. Um, for, for the budget that that it was made for, just two looks, million is nothing. It, it, no, exactly, exactly. And you know, from what they from what they spent to what they actually finally got is, is, is bloody. I mean, um, you know, credit like credit where it's due is really. It's good. All on, I mean, it's fair to say I think it's all on the screen, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's all on the screen. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Another thing I'd say as well is, um, you know, is it original? Not particularly. Um, it's certainly different, which yeah. is, I think is, is always applauded to be given to it. It's especially um, a genre that is almost overcrowded or um, where everything is a horror. Everything can be a horror film these days, you know. Um, but, yeah, you know, cred- and I, I think this is why when the, the better ones come out and they are very well done, um, we could all give examples of ones in the last few years, couldn't we? Um, I mean, horror is going through a really, really good phase at the moment. It's yeah. going through a really, really good phase. And I mean, yeah, you know, you've got... Especially the amount of Blu-rays you were buying. I will admit, I text you the other night going <laughs> how do you even begin to watch that garbage <laughs> how how do you do it it looks shit it's probably shit how can you do it i mean i doff my cap i really really do I mean, but the, i i just don't know if i could bring myself to know that for the next 90 minutes i'm just gonna watch garbage I just couldn't do it, man. I just can't. But the, 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 the thing is, whenever you see, like, for example, um, you look, you know, I talked about it last episode, uh, last episode um, when uh, I reviewed Scalps. Um, so when you look at Scalps from 1981, you look at that film, right? you look at the cover on it, and, you know, it's made for about £3.50 and a packet of fags, right? However, there is, there's something about it that's still keeps your attention you know you've got to be the the people who made that but rightly or wrongly is it a great film no is it gonna win oscars fuck no but the people who made it have made have gone out there and they've given it everything they've got they've got it on the screen and it's it holds together it's got some really really great gory moments in it it does exactly what it says on the tin 
And if it isn't for those, you know, those little gems, those little sort of moments, those undiscovered, you know, those those sort of those really shonky B movies. Um, if you don't have them, you don't get your Tarantinos. If you don't have your Grindhouse and your exploitation cinema, you know, if you think about um, you, you know, it wasn't so long ago people looked at John Woo movies when people were looking at sort of hard boiled and the killer and a better tomorrow. People dismissed them first time, particularly in the West, dismissed them out of hand completely. And then suddenly a couple of nerds go, Oh, let's try this. They suddenly make a film and then everybody's leaping through the air with two guns in their hands. I, I, I fully understand your sentiment. And I, I do. Um, Don't I do get me wrong. There are times, mind you, when I'm watching something and I'm thinking, oh, I just paid for this. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I often wonder if you've got in your house, if you've got a pile of, that's a keeper, that fucker's going on eBay. <laughs> I have a garage full of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't get it, man. But um, interesting point you make about John Woo. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you are right, especially... I think with Hong Kong cinema at that time as well, um, there was a lot of stuff coming out, and a lot of it was chop socky, and you know it was just you know you know the bloody hero. Matters. I mean, the bloody hero genre is. Um, I love it. I love the bloody hero genre because it's, it's just it just it's bonkers. But yeah. from it, you get John Woo, you get Ringo Lam. Uh, do you know what I mean? You get these these outliers. Do you know what I mean? And then you get you know. For every... well, well, that 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 evolves, doesn't it? You know, let's be perfectly honest. You then you go from say, let's say, um, a better tomorrow, a bullet in the head, and the killer, and hard boiled, and you know, yeah. Then you do get um, stuff like Tony Jaa coming along. Then, isn't it? You know, stuff like Ong Bak. You know, yeah. astonishing action sequences. You know, and. I mean, I think it's and fair it, to you know it's fair to say that if you did, I mean, okay, let's let, let's go all the way back, and I know this for a fact. If you didn't have Jackie Chan's Shaolin Chamber of Death, mm-hmm. you would not have the raid. Well, yeah, and this is this is what I was sort of going to come round to is that you know we've we've mentioned this before but film is influencing other films other other films and they 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 they, they cycle they recycle they recycle again they cycle yeah, you know yeah. it just goes on and on and on somebody's watching what they're doing somebody else is watching what that's doing somebody's watching what that's doing and the influence becomes greater and greater and greater and greater and you know then you do get to a point where you know you get Film this um I don't know this look it's the John the John Wick series yeah yeah the John the John Wick series you know and you get to that point um I'm not saying before it that you 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 haven't had good action films you've had fucking loads of good action films you know the, the, well the raids is is flawless as as an action film as far as I'm concerned is fucking up there genuinely is yeah oh yeah you know and yeah that yeah that is. That is um, a combination of an awful lot of films. Like yeah. I mean, you, you, you can reel off more than myself. But if I'm watching the raid and I'm thinking, right, this is, this is, um, there's bits of Die Hard in this. There's bits of uh, Jackie Chan story in yeah. it. There's, you know, there's bits of um, Tarantino-esque violence. You know, 
But then we've got almost balletic moments, and then just John Woo, you know, yeah. and you've got and you've got it all coalescing, you know, into this this, this film that lasts was an hour and forty minutes, and by the end of it, you just exhausted by it because yeah. it's that good, and yeah, and that stems from B movies, and it does stem from B movies, yeah, and Christ, and and you you mentioned Grindhouse, right? one of the most lauded directors of modern times goes out and makes a double feature called Grindhouse. Yeah. Just to ha- that he goes to some of his director mates, right, this is what my idea is. I'm making a film. Robert Rodriguez is making a film. In between those two films, I want six or seven um, clips for films that are never going to exist, but I want you to make them as schlocky. Use old film if you want to. Use warped footage if you want to. Nicholas Cage's Fu Manchu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what was the Edgar Wright one called? No. Uh, no, that's it. Yeah. Right? And then you've got that. And then he's, he's, he's got the, t- the, the, the testiculate to go to um, his now former disgraced employers and go, right, this is what we want. People are going to go to the cinema on a Friday, Saturday night and watch a three-hour double feature, and in between with these schlocky bits in between. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, like films that you know, the the idea behind no comes from the don't films. That you know, there's a whole series of films in the seventies that you know don't, you know, don't go in there, don't go there, don't go into the world. You know, and I mean, like you know, the, and recently there's a great um, uh, micro-budget horror film called Don't Fuck in the Woods. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the title. Don't fuck in the woods. Um, and it, I'll take your word for it. And it's you know it was and again it, it it's a micro budget film, but these are the you know those it's that kind of don't give a fuck. We're going to make this film. Mm. We'll you know yes don't get me wrong for every one of those you're going to get some horrific horrific garbage that is barely watchable. Mm. But every now and again you'll get. Last House on the Left. You'll mm. get the Hills of Eyes. You'll mm. get a Halloween. You get, you know, and 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 that's and it's so you know the other thing as well, mind you. I am a complete sucker for you know anything that's Italian and post-apocalyptic. It's just great because of the ma- it's just sheer madness, sheer yeah. madness. Uh, yeah, you know, so. Bronx Warriors. Oh, oh Bronx bloody hell! There was a, there was a. Bronx Warriors 2 as well, was wasn't Bron- it? Yeah, there was a Bronx Warriors 2. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, like Bronx Warriors. I've just had a flashback to 1983 in a video shop. <laughs> those covers. At these, those, those film covers, yeah. Looking at those film Look covers. Look at those going. film covers. They promised the world. They did, but they didn't even factor a third of what they had on the covers. You know, another great well, is The New Barbarians. <laughs> the New Barbarians. It's just, you know, just you look at that cover and you go, that's the cool, you know, to a, you know, a yeah, f- seven, eight-year-old mind, you see that. Yeah. Like, that is the greatest cover ever. Yeah, but what you actually get is men in loincloths <laughs> swing, swinging massive axes with horns stuck on their head. <laughs> you, you say know? that like it's a bad thing. It fucking is a bad <laughs> thing, that's why. <laughs> No, I, you know, I, no, I, you know, it's. I, I, I do appreciate it. I really do appreciate it, but I only do appreciate it when I can see that it's. You don't you have know. to watch it. 
Well, yeah. Speaking of which, this this year, what you still haven't watched? Oh, Blade Runner. Have you the, watched it? The last Blade Runner. I have. Oh yes, I have. Aha! And and I think it's a masterpiece. It genuinely is, isn't it? It's, a, it, it, it's and I'm not going to go anywhere into this because we're going to do it as an episode. Okay. Um, I'm a massive fan of the original. I am a huge fan of the original. I've always have been. I'm not one of these sort of late to the gamers. Um, I even quite like the voiceover uh, cut of it. Um, mm. Anyway, I said it. Fuck you. Um, but. I think the I think it's a masterpiece. Even Jared Leto didn't spoil it for me. No, no. Um, we will talk about it in depth, but I completely agree. I think it's better than the original. <gasps> Controversial. It no, no. It, I've said it repeatedly on this. Who Blade Runner? I'm not a huge fan of. I admire an awful lot about it. An yeah. awful, awful lot about it. Um, it's too clinical for me. It's too cold. It's not engaging. But 2049 is of that universe, in that universe. But it, but it's its own thing entirely. Yeah. It is it's staggering, honest How, to God. Yeah. Have you seen The Outsider yet with Jared Leto on Netflix? No, because it looks preposterous. <laughs> 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 now, knowing people say nobody sets out to to make a bad film, like a bad film, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're taking the piss on that one. That's <laughs> 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 tickled me. <laughs> right. Anyway. Coming anyway. back to, and, and I think the point, one of the points I was actually going to swim back round to is, we said about right now is a really good era for, for horror movies. And if we look at the type of small budget film, small budget horror movies that are being made right now, and the impact that they have and the quality that they have of them, it, you know, it's a really, really good time. And lots of people are critical of Blumhouse. And I think sometimes rightly so. But when you look at we've had Get Out, mm-hmm. we've had you know we've got the Quiet Place now. Um, you've had uh, Mother, uh, Mother, yeah, which was uh, you know I thought it was a great, 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 great film. I really enjoyed that. It's batshit insane. I ha- I like ha- I love Darren Aronofsky films. I really do. I think he's an absolute tremendous filmmaker. Um, I haven't got round to Mother yet because. I know I'm going to expect something which is totally mental, and I know that, right? <laughs> I know where it's going to be. But if I know something's going to be totally mental, I've sort of got to gear myself up to go, right? Here we go then. Here we go. go, yeah. It. Yeah, I can get mean, into it that way. You know, when you're just, and like we said about a couple, you know, we got, you know, The Barbadook, The Witch, uh, Don't Breathe, The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, Green Room. I mean, Green Room is a brilliant film. Green room, green room was a breath of fresh air, a genuine, genuine breath of fresh air. I will say, I absolutely hated the Babadook. <laughs> no, I hated it. I hated it with a passion. It took um, me a while to get round to it. No, I boils my piss 
It genuinely <laughs> does. I I don't see it. It's one of those ones I do not get. Um, I did think the woman, the main character, um, Ozzy Davis is her name, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I thought she was she was brilliant in fairness. She was really good as a woman, just basically crumbling before your eyes. Yeah, I really yeah. did. But that fucking kid. (laughs) Look, if that was the whole part, if that was the whole part of the portrayal, then fair enough. But no, it it didn't do it for me at all. Uh, I'm glad you did mention um, The Conjuring because I do think a really good creepy film, when done right, can be such good fun. Oh, yeah. Such such good fun. And... um, I just got to stand up a moment. Not that anybody needs to know that because I'm, pra- I'm practically sat in a darkened room. Um, I was going to say it's, it's quite it's, it's quite interesting actually. You sort of as we've been talking, the lights have sort of been going down. You've sort of <laughs> yeah, and there's the glow of my iPad on my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to see that many chins. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, yeah, the Conjuring was fantastic. The sequel I thoroughly enjoyed as well. You know and. At least you forget when the sequel and the Conjuring Two came out. It came out um, in the UK, and just before it was um, the excellent um, Enfield Hauntings with yeah. Timothy yeah. Spall, and they that they were really, really good. Really, really. Good. I, I think Timothy Spall in that was immense. Yeah, he's, he's terrific. I I love him anyway, you know. And you know we're of that certain era that he'll always be. Um, Alvida's in pet. Barry from Alvida's in pet, isn't he? You know. So. Oh, skip. <laughs> all right Neville and, <laughs> yeah you know and he, but he's, he's a fantastic actor genius now useless piece of trivia for you oh love it go for it how far did the creature walk while she was stalking Jay this is like one of those maths questions it is uh, a maths if question I, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I travel from York and I stop off it needs to fill up with thirty-eight pounds worth of petrol. <laughs> How far further can I travel? I just can't be asked. She, wa- she walked. The creature walked one thousand seventeen miles, and you'd calculate it by seventy-two times fourteen equals one thousand and eight, which is the full fourteen days. Three times three equals nine, which is the first day, which equates for nine till twelve, which will give you one thousand eight hundred. Add the nine. Equals one thousand seventeen. On behalf of the ended I'd like to apologise for that math segment that nobody wanted, nobody asked for, and nobody will ever mention again. I didn't work that out at all. I found that on Dread Central. I cannot take, but it was one of those moments where you go, "Hmm." Yeah, you may do. <laughs> what I like there, I, I I like a nerdy fact. I like an early. And then there's me, there's me thinking you're going to bring out. Oh, do you know that third character in the background on the right during the um, swimming pool sequence? They were wearing a t shirt from Halloween 6, <laughs> The Return of Michael Myers. That's what I was expecting. That's a nerdy fact to me. Not the number of fucking steps a monster takes in a film. Fair play. That's, like saying, that's like saying <laughs> the, Clover, the Cloverfield monster weighed. 748 metric ton. Like, I don't care. Somebody, somebody out there, if you do know that, let us know. Let yeah, us know. Let, let, let you know. <laughs> really? So, <laughs> What's this, education hour? Hey, 
This is edutainment. <laughs> all right, all right then, David Brent. <laughs> so, where would we come in and score in this bad boy then? Me personally, yeah. Uh, I'd give it a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Definitely. Nice, nice. That was coming. Actually, it's exactly. My little, uh, I obviously for the show, I have a little diary that I write down uh, everything that we watched and everything. I got all the scores in there, and right next to it, seven out of ten. For me, it's a, it's, it's a great, it's a good film. Yeah, it is good. It's, it's a great good, film. I, I, I like, and I, as I said earlier, I think what the the biggest surprise of it is, it is engaging and you're involved, and you just you want you want you want you want to see it out, don't you? You know. Yes. Yes. You know? You do, and you know you know what the stakes are, and because it is that original idea, and it is that engaging that you know you want to see. Well, where does it go next? Isn't yeah, it? Well, yeah, yeah. But um, no, it is. It's good. It's good, and I would recommend it to people to watch, especially if you just want to. If you, if you just want to change the direction, isn't it? You know, rather than watching NCIS all the time. <laughs> hey, I'm on a. We're on a Criminal Minds binge here. Are you? Yeah. Which one? We're on season seven at the moment. Ah, oh, cool. I've gone back to um, New Jersey to visit Tony Soprano. Nice. Nice. Starting from the beginning. Nice. I should really watch more new stuff, though, I've got to be honest. I really need to, like... Well, do you know what? No, you were saying about you re- you end up revisiting The Wire. Yeah. Uh, so many people in work who keep doing that. So many <sighs> people who work with me, they go back and they watch it time and time and time and time again. God, and... And and this is going to sound so random now, right? But it's, there's a connection to the wire, okay? <laughs> um, one of my mates of mine um, recommended I put an app on my phone, and it's one of these um, cashback ones. Yeah. And um, he said, oh, look, put it in and keep eye in. And he said, and these things pop up, you know, freebies and stuff like that. Yeah. Something popped up. It was either on this app, right, or on, I was reading on Twitter, Jameson's have brought out their own app, right? right? And in it, it makes recommendations for bars and various places around the world, right, and all the rest. And um, there was an offer on there, um, a free Jameson mixer drink, right? Right. It's just Jameson's with, like, uh, ginger ale and a bit of lime in it. They're only, like, a little can, right? And it's like, uh, claim your free can. So I just, yeah, see what happens in it, you know? Yeah. Totally forgot about it. This week I come home from work. My missus is like, "What's this package? And who the hell is William?" <laughs> I'm like, "I know, William." Open it up, innit? And there's my little can of Jameson's free of charge in the post. <laughs> William. Um, well, I don't know. They must have just gone. What does that say on that email? Oh, just put William on it. We've just got his. Yeah. We've got his address. This is postcode. Just send it to him, isn't it? But it came in this big packaging, right? And I, I just like, ah, I've got no idea. I opened it up. Little can of Jameson's. Um, what's Jimmy McNulty's uh, drink of choice in the wire? Come on, lay it on me. Jameson's. Jameson's. There we are. Nice. Roundabout right. way, you know. So. <laughs> so on on that whiskey bombshell, we've come to another another conclusion, my friend. We have. We have. And I think I might go to bed. You're going to go to bed, you? I'm sorry for yawning. It's been, <laughs> been a long couple of days. It's been a long couple of days. Hey, tell me about it. Tell me about it. 
Right then, late. Thank you very much for being on, my brother. I'll speak to you soon. Take it easy, man. Tell our buddy. Tell man. As always, I want to say a big thank you to Leighton for being on. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for What the Wookie Watched. And kicking us off today, we have got Day of the Dead Bloodline from 2018. Let's check out the trailer. You leave tomorrow at dawn. And then you come right back. No sightseeing, no side traps. Lord, make me a channel of thy peace. Where there are shadows, I may bring light. Where there is discord, harmony. why we don't go on wild goose chase supply runs so people don't die for nothing it wasn't for nothing just relax my job is to keep people safe and i decide how that's done where there is sadness i may bring joy They're learning. Okay, that was the trailer for 2018's Day of the Dead, Bloodline. Now, Day of the Dead, uh, Bloodline was directed by Hector Hernandez Vichans, uh, written by Mark uh, Tonderi and Lars Jacobson, of course, based on George A. Romero's original uh, Day of the Dead. It stars Sophie uh, Skelton, uh, Jonathan Skeech, Jeff Gum, Marcus Vanko, and to say that I was a little bit disappointed with this film would be an understatement. Um, of course, I'm a huge, massive fan of Romero's original trilogy. Um, I've said it numerous times. Um, however, this was very, very disappointing. Uh, um, the the acting ranged from wooden too painful um it was full of uh cliches um the script was 
not great. It had so it did have some good moments. It did have some really really interesting moments in it. I mean, it had a budget of eight million. Uh, however, at times it felt like a television movie and not a good television movie. Um, it sort of it plodded. There was nothing to hold your attention. Um, it's play on uh, Bub. Um, was really, really, it just didn't work. It was just, it just came across as, it just came across as, you know, trying a bit too hard. Um, it had some moments, there are some, you know, there's some interesting bits. And to be fair, I think, uh, Sophie, uh, Skelton, um, is probably better than the, is a better actress than what she sort of got in terms of co-stars, script, um, etc. It's well, it's reasonably well shot. It's, you know, it's all there. Um, it does drag. It really, really does drag for, you know, for a film that's about an hour and, you know, an hour and 30, it really, really does drag. Um, shot in Bulgaria and parts of the United States. Um, you can clearly see that they've used a lot of sort of uh, non-English speaking actors in certain roles. Um, I really, really didn't enjoy this film. Uh, and I feel really sad for saying that because I hate saying that I didn't enjoy something because nobody ever, ever sets out to make a bad film. Um, but this for me is not a good one. And it's a three out of ten, unfortunately. Really gutted to say that. But yeah, Day of the Dead, 2018 is not very good. So, like I said, 3 out of 10 for that one. Okay, next up, we have got Slaughterhouse from 1987. Let's check out the trailer. This little piggy went to the market. This little piggy stayed home. This little piggy has roast beef. This little piggy has none. This little pig ran wee 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 all the way home. <laughs> Meet the biggest porker of them all, my boy Buddy. But he's not just another pretty face. Some say he reeks of class. Others say he just reeks. But he's a good boy. But he has what you might call basic hygiene problems. Sometimes Buddy likes to mess around. And sometimes kids play in Buddy's slaughterhouse. Fun of Buddy, but Buddy likes to play with his friends. Don't scare the poor thing, boy. Take off that damn neck. That's better. Don't mess with his hogs. Sixty pounds of Evermania. <laughs> but 
Eddie. He's going home wild at the... <laughs> now I feel like we're kind of back on track. That is a great trailer. Um, I love that trailer. It, it 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 makes me happy. It takes me back to a very very to the happy video shop days. <laughs> um, of course, we are talking Slaughterhouse from 1987, directed by Rick Rosler and written by uh, Rick Rosler. It stars Joby Barton, Don Barrett, Sherry Lynn, and Bill Brainsfield. What can I say about this one? This is very, very much um, straight-to-video, 1980s slasher uh, movie. It's got your deranged killer. Um, it's, um, it's got a bonkers, bonkers score that you, you just don't think fits, but it does kind of work. Um, it does have a couple lulls in it, and some of the acting is a bit... Ooh, but I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, it's got a great, great release from 88 Films as part of their Slasher uh, series. Um, and the art, you know, the the video cover, the VHS cover is on the front of the Blu-ray as well, which is superb. It It, it is quintessentially 80s straight-to-video slasher fodder. Um, it's got some great kills. It's got some really, really interesting moments. It's got some really quirky acting choices in it. Um... I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this film. Um, is it for everyone? No, it's very, very low budget. Um, but there's something about this film that just keeps on trucking. And you can't help but like it. And for me, it's a 5 out of 10. Okay, up next, we have got one of the video nasty list. We are talking... Zombie Creeping Flesh from 1980. Let's check out the trailer. Now they're celebrating the funerals. Bodies have to be cremated. Wish to God I knew what's happening here. I insist that the most serious situation we have to deal with is cremating the bodies. Cut it out! Stop wasting your damn bullets, you jerks! You need to hit their heads! I told you! Say it like this! Get away! Get it! They're out! Hey! Ah! 
realize I'm not on the menu after all. <laughs> Don't let it worry you. I think you will all meet again. <laughs> In hell! <laughs> Hurry up, get going. Here they go. Oh, no! I heard some funny noises in the back there. Hurry. Rigo, check the coordinates. No! Bastard! No! No! Experimental project Operation Sweet Death must be considered a complete failure. All these high-powered installations, like a factory from a future world, safely hidden. You're all doomed to a horrible death. Doomed to be eaten up. Kill you. You won't get me. was the trailer for Zombie Creeping Flesh from 1980. Now, as is the case with pretty much any good Italian zombie movie, it had various titles, including Virus, Apocalypso, Cannibal, um, The Apocalypse de la Levende Dodden. Uh, I can't even pronounce some of the others. Um, Hell of the Living Dead, um, Hell of the Living Death, and there's a few others. No, it was directed by the infamous Bruno Mattei. And it stars Margaret Elvin. Uh, Margaret Elvin Newton, actually, in this one. She used to go by Margaret uh, Newton. and then, But for the sake of the credits on this one, she is Margaret Elvin Newton. Uh, Frank Garfield, whose real name was Franco Garofolo. Uh, Slatan Kardag. Uh, Jose Gras. And Jose Luz Fonol. Um... <laughs> This um, is probably not. It didn't. This, even though this one infamously made it onto the um, the seventy two banned movies uh, on the video nasty list in the eighties, um, this isn't obviously one of the classics out of the sort of uh, the cycle of the uh, the zombie horror movies. When you think about zombie flesh eaters or any other full, you know, other full uh, full cheese other movies or Nightmare City, those kind of things. But it does have a certain amount of charm, uh, particularly from the soundtrack that was ripped off, I mean, borrowed from uh, Dawn of the Dead. Um, It's truly heroic use of uh, African documentary uh, stock footage um, that could quite easily rival anything that Edward threw onto the screen. (laughs) Um, A SWAT team that kind of looks like your local pub football team uh, decided to take on some terrorists. And some interesting uh, facial expressions from its lead actress. Um, The gore in this, at times, is excessive, as you'd expect from any Italian uh, zombie movie of this genre. It's it's not great. It really isn't. Um, 
However, it's a darn sight better than uh, the Day of the Dead bloodline. Um, I re- Look, I'm a sucker for this type of film. Um, it's not perfect by any means. Um, there are moments, again, with all three that I've uh, watched this week so far, um, they've all kind of dragged at times. But um, if you bear with this one, it does pay off. Um, the and I like you know most people who've listened to the podcast know I have a phobia of rats. Um, the rat-related death right at the beginning of this film is an absolute shocker. It, it completely caught me unawares. And you know I'm not going to give a spoiler on this one. The the down the downbeat ending, even though you kind of know it's a downbeat ending, um, it takes it to another level. Um, and for me, Zombie Creeping Flesh is a, it's a 6 out of 10. Um, and it's a must for completists in terms of sort of Euro horror and those type of things. It's available on uh, 88 Films, the Italian uh, sort of uh, selection, I suppose. Uh, just to let you know, we're not sponsored by 88 Films. But however, if they want to throw a few freebies this way, um, we'd be more than happy to take them. However, like I said... Zombie Creeping Flesh. I, yeah, 6 out of 10. It's a 6 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to say goodbye. But as always, we've got a couple of shout-outs. Uh, first of all, I want to start off with a big shout-out to uh, Gidget Von LaRue, who is going to be joining me next episode, where we cover Fright Night from 1985. Yep, that's right. 1985. I can't believe it's been... you know, it, 1985, that was released. It, does not feel like 1985. Um, of course, you can find uh, Gidget over at Retro Cinema. Uh, as always, a big shout-out to Mr. Leighton Winston, who you've just heard. Uh, to uh, Another shout-out goes out to Liam, the lethal one, who shall be making his return to the show um, in a little while, where we're going to be talking folk horror. And he's going to be joined by our good friend Jay Prowse. And you can find Jay over It's Happening Again at Happening Horror. And I've got Jay's articles and on the Jaws movies. Absolutely superb. Get yourselves. And his other stuff is really good as well. But the Jaws stuff is superb. So get yourselves over to there. Now, Jay is also going to be joining us for uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street episode, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, big shout out to Slasher Trash, the man himself. Um, who, it, you know, to be fair to him, his knowledge and uh, love of slasher movies is truly heroic. Uh, a big shout out to Pulp Culture, CJ over at v- VHS Revival, and of course, it wouldn't be an episode unless I said hello to our glamorously Gathy, Gathy, Gothy Gal Pal, CL Raven, who are going to be coming back for our Tucker and Dale versus episode, and that's going to be coming up very, very soon. A uh, big shout out to. Uh, Peter Nielsen, of course, who I can't wait to get him back on the show. Uh, you can find Peter over at uh, Retro Movie Geek, along with Joel Roberts and Daryl Taylor. You can find Daryl over at The Voice of 123. Uh, a shout out to Mr. Paul Hayden over at Schlock. Horror guy is great. Again, great blog. Well worth going over and taking a look at. Um, of course, Dr. Shock, Jay the Dead, and Wolfman Josh over at the Horror Movie Podcast. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a feral list. Uh, oh, yes. Nearly, nearly got away. I want to say a big shout out to Al and Jeff over at Cadavercast, the father and son team. And you can hear Al at the end of every single episode here at the Undead Wookiee as he gives us our outro. So, ladies and gentlemen, all that is left for me to say 
in the Immortal Words account Dacula. Good night out there, whatever you are. This is our from Cadavercast. You've been listening to Thundered Wookie. The back.